Hello, and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. We are excited you have taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Hello there, and welcome to 2023. Wishing everybody a happy and new blessed year. God will bless you with great things this year. I hope and pray that you'll continue to keep Him in your life, that you will honor Him in ways that I don't know how to explain, but you can do that. I don't know your situation, don't know where you live and what part of the world you live in, but we all have a way of glorifying God, spreading the gospel message to those who will listen, for those who are seeking out the truth of His Word. That's what our goal is here, always to teach the truth. We take that very serious. We pray very hard about everything that we discuss, how we answer questions on this podcast and off the air as well. We want to be seen by men to be the light of Christ. And so I hope and pray that everybody has had a wonderful Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving has been over for some time, and hopefully the weather in this time of year where you're at is favorable uh, conditions as well. I would please ask that you be in prayerful consideration and helping us keep this podcast on for another year. It doesn't take a lot of people. It would be cheerful givers. We're going to try something a little different here. I've done series in the past, but I've not really taught this in a long time, uh, this series that I'm wanting to do. And this is going to be an introduction to biblical interpretation. Uh, perhaps sacred uh, hermeneutics would be a a better name for this uh, particular series that I'm really wanting to do. I I really want us to be able to study the different methods of determining a meaning of biblical text and interpreting the Bible. Now, somebody's going to email me, and ask this question, why should we study such a thing? This sounds very boring. Uh, Let me know when the series is over, and I'll come back and listen to the podcast. Well, I'm going to answer that. Others might say, doesn't the Holy Spirit within a person give him an understanding of the Bible or the Scripture? And if so, why do we need this methodology, as it were, uh, to help the person decide what a text means? Uh, this theory, theory excuse me, is what we call illumination. Somebody else might call and say, hey, uh, experience shows that everybody has their own interpretation. Well, that's, that's the problem, okay? Uh, but it should be your interpretation using the Bible, okay? When I mean this is the problem, everybody has an interpretation, okay? There's a very famous rock and roll uh, guy out of the 60s, I'm not going to mention his name. If you want to figure it out, you can. He applied for a nonprofit uh, 501c years and years ago with the government. And basically, his theme was God created the grass. That's true, he did. God created all kinds of vegetation. But the rest of that was since God created it, we shall smoke it. Okay? That's not a biblical interpretation that I can find in Genesis chapter 1. Okay, so 
Perhaps to some people this might sound like a, a physiological type doctrine. Others might say, well, why bother? The Bible is just too hard to understand and study. And I would like us to look at these arguments and see if they're still valid at the end of the podcast. So I really pray to convince you that you really need sound biblical interpretation methods. And so in this first podcast in this series, I really want to be able to try to get this point across. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, all of us will be able to uh, note some that some things that really just really are unacceptable approaches to interpreting the scripture. Reasons why man, men, mankind, humans, whatever the political word is today, uh, that we can understand the Bible alike, and we should be able to do that. And the third thing is uh, why people do not understand the Bible alike. And so that's what I, that's my goals here. Again, this is something different. We really haven't approached this podcast in this way before. And like I just mentioned a few moments ago, I really haven't taught this in years. And so it was good for me uh, to be able to kind of get this out and kind of go through it and start studying it again. And and to be honest about it, this really was triggered by a young man out of Sholo, Arizona, that we really uh, needed maybe to talk about this. And so I figured if he had these questions, uh, maybe others did as well. And I kind of bounced this off a prayer uh, for the last, actually, since Thanksgiving about doing this. And so uh, bounced it off some prayer warriors of mine, and they've all come back and said, let's give this a shot. I think this is a great idea. So I I'm trusting that God has answered that prayer. I'm trusting that you will hang with me through this, that you'll find it interesting. Please take notes. I know several people who do that. Um, email me and say, hey, uh, I'm glad I took notes on that. I'm able to go back and listen to you again. Please do that. I think that's fine. No problems. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about here, the first of all, the questions concerning this interpretation. And we're going to get to this here in just a moment. Get off the curriculum merry-go-round. When it is time to choose devotional books or study material, we have you covered. Small Group and Sunday School Study, New Member Ministries, Marriage and Pre-Marriage Programs, Care Ministries, Divorce Grief Recovery, Evangelism and Outreach Programs, Bibles for Everyone, a treasure house of resources for these needs. Just click on the banner, Church Source, on our website. Okay, so Calvinism declares a man is depraved by means which he is incapable of doing in or of himself. In other words, a man is unable to understand the Scripture by himself. That the Holy Spirit must initially uh, force such a lost person to accept the gospel, and I don't think God forces anybody, but this is what it teaches. And so this is called irresistible grace. And the Holy Spirit must continue to enlighten such a person uh, even after he becomes a Christian, and that's called uh, illumination. Okay, and so 
I know there's a lot of people who believe that. I know there's a lot of people who teach that. But this doctrine really, for me, is not valid. And the, pa- the passage that is cited uh, to support this idea, uh, but one that speaks against that particular view, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. And so we're going to read some of these verses. If I read every one that I uh, referred to, this could be several hour-long podcasts. And so I really want this to be a study stepping ground for you as a listener as well. So, but let's go ahead. And I wanted to read 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. And this was going to be from the New American Standard Update. Verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritually appraises all things, yet he himself appraised by no one. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, so... Again, this context of this passage is not of of individual Christian uh, having the power from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to discern the meaning of Scripture. It does, however, it refers to individuals only in the first century who had this miraculous spiritual gifts that allowed them to reveal God's mind and discern when God's mind was being spoken. Generally speaking, Christians today do not have all the miraculous gifts that the first century church has. There's faith, hope, and love. Those are absolutely Christian gifts from the Holy Spirit, and we have those today. Absolutely. Can can we be prophesying today? I don't think so. I don't think so because Jude, in his little short epistle right before the Revelation, says there is no more new, and no more, nothing new. We have it all. So I'm not sure that we have all of these gifts. Can people still be healed today through the power of prayer? Absolutely. Believe in that wholeheartedly. And so we need to understand that we today don't have an inspired apostle sitting in front of us quoting straight from God's mind and telling us what's going on. Everyone who is a Christian needs to be able to open their Bible and interpret all the passages alike. That doesn't happen. It just does not happen, okay? And that's why I question this when people say, oh, we still have all these gifts. If we still had them all, we all would be interpreting everything the same. And that's just not happening. I'm sorry, but it's not. Okay, so... The, the instance here is what we need to see is that this uh, illumination is not really, uh, illumination, excuse me, is not really necessarily correct. Experience teaches us all that people will come up with different interpretations. An example, a jury listening to the same evidence, the same 12 people could all come up with a guilty, not guilty, can't make up my mind type a decision. And they all heard the exact same testimony. Okay. And so we need to 
grasp this idea. Does that necessarily mean or imply that a person is welcome to, to their own interpretation of any passage of Scripture? Yeah, God gives you that right. Whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, doesn't matter. God gives you that right. Okay? And so, but the reason is, though, can we all have the same conclusion? We should. We should be able to come to the same conclusion. There's one gospel, one baptism, one Lord, one, 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 but we don't. We have so many splits in the church, divisions in the church today. I, I hate to even try to figure it all out. Okay, so if we still had this direct intervention of the Holy Spirit speaking to our minds, we would end up what is absolute truth and all the absolutes would be marked off correctly. God could not define what is authoritative in Scripture because we're going to do that. Okay? And that's that's dangerous to be doing that. There would be no authority in Scripture without God. God has to define this authority. Every book that we call in the Bible was intended a meaning of the person who wrote it, yes, John, Peter, Moses, they all wrote the Bible, we call the Bible, but the Holy Spirit was directly involved with that writing and what God wanted to say, how he wanted to say it, and exactly what the terms meant in that text, that context. And so... Is the Holy Spirit alive and working today? Yes, He is, because if He's not, we're all in trouble. That's not the point here. The question for all of us today is, did God write a book for man? Did He write to communicate certain ideas that He had in His mind and His will? And if so, okay, if so, we must come to know God's mind and do it, and do his will. When he wrote this passage, what was the thing that he had in mind? And it's just one thing, salvation, uh, the creation of the world. This idea of different ideas and interpretations, more than one beginning, more than one end, more. No, there's only can be one. And that's what God has said. Not what I have said, but what God has said. If each person becomes his own authority or her own interpreter, instead of giving that to God and allowing God to have this authority in his will in the scripture, then each person becomes her own authoritative interpreter. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I think sports around the world is generally the same. They have all these rules, all these regulations, and all these referees, umpires, whatever you want to call them. And they're there to enforce the rules of the game. That way the rules never change. Because in, in Christianity today, we change the rules at will. And we do that so that we think we can win the game. And that's not the way it's going to happen. Okay? God is not going to do that. We need to make sure that we're allowing God 
to speak to us through his word, okay, through the Holy Spirit, to give us that correct interpretation in the context in which it was written through prayer and study. We need to be careful that we do not make ourselves out to be our own God. I mean, that is self-idolatry. And simply, folks, that's just not right, okay? And so we're going to get back here in just a moment with a few more ideas here. So bear with me. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world and poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, so some parts of Scripture are indeed difficult to understand. No doubt. I've been trying to figure some uh, passages out for 30 years Still working on those, okay? So, example, Revelation, Ezekiel, Zechariah. These are really difficult books, excuse me, and other parts of Scripture really are hard to understand. Uh, Peter says things about Paul's letters, that some parts of Peter's letters were tough to understand. And if Peter is an inspired apostle, and he himself is having difficulty with some of Paul's letters, what about those of us who are not inspired? I do not consider myself inspired. I have just have to study and study and study. And sometimes I still get it wrong. And that's another reason I wanted to do this uh, series. God wants to communicate uh, things to his creation, us, you and me, like love and salvation. A view that's implying that God gave us a book that is too hard to be understood, uh, I really question that when people say that. It just, it just means they really haven't sat down and wanted to read and study. Uh, how about husband and wife relations? Um, is that too hard to sit down and study and understand? Well, in our culture today, it is for obvious reasons, because we think anybody can get married, anybody can be a husband, and anybody can have a baby, and and so on. And so, there is just so much garbage out there that we allow our minds to be cluttered with. And that's part of the problem as well. So either God is capable of accomplishing uh, such an effort and, and challenges us to think like he thinks, to be, understand his, his nature, his power. Uh, you know, God is impulsive. And he gives us this book that we cannot understand. See, I, I, I disagree with that. I think he does give us a book that we can read and follow and understand. And I'm not talking about different interpretations of the Bible or versions, excuse me, you know, King James versus NIV versus whatever. That's not what we're talking about. So the Spirit, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 13, uh, there are some implications that that are tolerable, and that's a question mark. Let's let's read that and see if we can answer uh, this question. Okay, let's back up to verse ten. First Corinthians two, starting in verse ten. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, 
even the depths of God. And God is really deep. I mean, the Bible can go as deep as you want it. Verse 11, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is within him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Verse 13, Which things we also speak, not in the words taught by human wisdom, okay, <laughs> but by those things that are taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So the Spirit, I mean the Holy Spirit, it searches the, you know, the mind of God, and it took those thoughts which are eternal, beyond human comprehension to make any sense of that, but was able to put it into words that you and I can understand. We do not have a God of confusion. So once once men, apostles, prophets, they had understood those things by revelation. And they were allowed by control or by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to speak and write those things down to a man uh, in spiritual words that you and I, mankind, could understand. And I would encourage you to go read Ephesians chapter 3 to get more on that. So, it must be true that God gave us a book, the Bible, which he, uh, you and I, can understand, and we could really understand it alike, if we would sit down and, and reason with this. That doesn't always mean that we're com completely will understand the same, but we can. That's my whole point. I, I think people are at different levels spiritually. They've studied longer, harder. Uh, God is the Spirit through prayer, whatever, has helped them uh, get along a little further. I, I think we live in a godless, pagan society anymore. And it's really hard for one generation versus another generation to, to see uh, the smuck that one group is in and the other one didn't have to experience, why they had more of a godly experience and one does not. But reasons that we really could understand the Bible like, because God calls upon all of us to understand him. And I want to be a lot now in Psalm 119. And so please follow along. Open your Bible. I'm going to read it. And I really hope that you would really do that. And we're probably going to go over just a little bit longer than I planned. But this word understand implies that we can understand the Bible alike. One of the great uh, Psalms in Scripture is Psalm 119. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture. It is the longest passage of Scripture. And in this particular psalm, much of the emphasis is given to the Word of God in our attitudes toward it and our dependence on it. So, what are the results of studying the Word of God? You've heard me say countless times over the last three years, you cannot know God in a 20-minute sermon, uh, a 30-minute podcast, a five-minute Bible read. That's a good start. But you really need to be really 
a lot more into it. We spend more time uh, doing the things that we really think are fun, eating or going to ball games versus giving time to God. And so nothing against eating and nothing against ball games. Okay. Verse 34. It says, give me the understanding, I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Okay, so here's the psalmist. He is asking God for understanding. Now, he knows that he cannot understand it totally by himself. He believes that the Lord will help him understand, and therefore he knows that he can. Verse 73, your hands made me, informed me. Give me the understanding to learn your commands. Again, here is the, the inspired writer, the, David, the psalmist, saying, hey, I need your understanding. Verse 144, your statutes are forever right. Give me the understanding that I may live. So what is is necessarily implied or inferred here by those verses is without understanding the reader, you and me, cannot do what is right. He just simply can't obey. How can he keep God's law if he does not understand God's law the way God intended it to be understood? Again, going back to my point about marriage, uh, drugs, whatever, God would say, no. I gave you a body, you need to be good stewards of it, you need to take care of it, you need to respect it. And so, God does expect us to understand. There will be a day of accountability. And ignorance is not bliss here, folks. This is not the U.S. Constitution. Uh, I didn't know it's not an excuse. There is one judge, one supreme being, and that's it. And we need to get that through our minds. So, if we're going to understand the Bible or any book of it, we need to understand as God is the writer, as he intended it, or we simply just don't understand it at all. And so here are a couple of examples. Here in Joshua chapter 6, and I'll be back in Psalms here in just a minute. The walls of Jericho. God gave Joshua some very detailed instructions. You will march around the city once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you will march around it seven times. Okay, that's verses three and four. God gave them some very detailed instructions of holding certain things in their hands, of being quiet on certain days, and then on the seventh day, shouting and blowing trumpets. Those detailed instructions to Joshua were given to be understood. Noah, in Genesis chapter 6, again, Noah is giving some very detailed instructions on how to build the ark or barge, depending on who you talk to. But build it this long, this wide, this high, uh, a window, a door, how to put pitch on it. Within, without. Okay, and Noah obeyed exactly what God intended for him to do. And they were saved as a result. If they had not obeyed the intentions of God as God saw it, told them, and they had not followed it, they probably would have died the rest of the way like everybody else. They would all drown. Okay, so here's an application for us. Salvation from sin 
and hope of heaven is determined based on a faithful obedience. We, we must understand things in the Bible as God intended for us to understand them. Salvation depends, okay? It depends on our knowing the truth, and it demands that we should and can understand it. John chapter 8, verse 32. John chapter 8, verse 32. I think most of us probably know this. So Jesus is saying uh, to those Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, so the truth will make us free. We need to know that. So truth, again, is this reality that is defined by God. Not by my interpretation and not by yours or whoever you listen to on TV, go to church to. It is God, period. It has always been about Him and it always will be. He is the Creator. We must obey it as God intended. Not just as we see fit, want to understand or follow it or break it or whatever. That's, no, it doesn't work that way. Okay, so hang on here just a moment, and we're going to go to John 17 in just a minute here, right after this break. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, so we need to understand the Bible a lot because different interpretations honestly destroy the unity among believers. Jesus prays for unity among his believers. In John 17, verse 20, 21, like I said before the break, here's Jesus praying right before his crucifixion. And he's praying, really, he's praying for you and me. I do not ask on the behalf of these alone, referring to the apostles in the room, but for those also who believe in me through their word, okay? Through the testimony, of the inspiration of, uh, through the apostles, what they were be told to say. They, verse 21, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, I am you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So unity and interpretation of the Bible is extremely important. Again, Jesus prayed for all believers to be united, the same way that he is united with the Father. Followers, again, I, I know I have said it several times, we need to be united in Christ to show the world that God has really indeed sent Jesus. Paul would call for unity with the church in Ephesus among the believers. He would say that Jesus is our peace, that Jesus destroyed all the barriers between Jew and Gentile. That the cross of Jesus was intended to bring unity among all people. doesn't matter Jew or Gentile. All people would become members of the same body, which we call the church today. But men could, so we could be united through the, 
this tearing and dividing this wall down at the sacrifice of Calvary. I mean, this is how we are united. We were divided, Jew and Gentile, prior to that, but we're not any longer. Again, Paul calls for unity among all believers. Ephesians 4, verse 3 says, Make every effort. Salvation from sin depends upon our ability to know the truth as God to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. I mean, that's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. So, if there is one God, one Lord, one spirit, and no one denies that, in the same way, there is one church, one faith, and one baptism. Uh, All of a sudden now, while lots of denominations say we are all one church, that's not really what the word denomination means. So, suppose that we look at the church. Where there is one church and one body, if we would look at it differently, then we have violated the passage. We really must understand one way is the way that brings us unity. We must be united on these particular doctrines or issues for agreement. Again, Paul, he calls for unity countless times throughout his letters to the different churches. Here's one in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all would agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. I, you know, I know lots of denominations uh, who don't get along. They're not united in thought. I know churches within those denominations that don't get along. That's a problem, and this is why Christianity is really struggling today. So Paul is telling the church in Corinth, I want you to be united, and Paul expected them to be united. So we can conclude and we can understand the Bible alike. I really believe that we can if we would set things aside and not my way or the highway or my preacher's right, my pastor is better than yours. Those are kindergarten child games. This is God. This is eternal life. This is not something that we should just be taking lightly. Lightly. I'll get it out. But really, God expects all of us to do this so that we are in his blood, that we're all saved, that we have this understanding of the Bible alike. We should, but we don't. And some conclude that we we just simply can't understand it But we've already, honestly, we've seen this is really not the case. I mean, God indeed uh, would not bind us upon something that we were not capable or incapable of doing. Okay, so reasons why we don't understand the Bible alike. And we're going to start wrapping this up. So biggest reason is because of ignorance. We have a biblically ignorant society and world. And, and really, that's been on a trend for the last 30, 40 years. 
you're just really exposing it now in our in our culture. We lack the complete knowledge of the word, and perhaps it's because we're just simply so distracted. You've heard me say that countless times in other podcasts. So many things come into our lives, and they take away the time that we would have had to study Scripture. Uh, we'd rather go out, get high, get drunk, uh, chase girls, uh, go to the movies, do things that we just not really, really shouldn't be doing it. We need to be spending time with family, with God, uh, prayer, Bible reading, and so on. And honestly, I mean, I'm glad you listened to the podcast, but I have met so many people. They are so heavily uh, reliant on what other people say. They don't want to think for themselves. They, they just want to say, well, that preacher says this, and that preacher told us that. Well, that preacher could be right, or he could be wrong. How do you know that if you don't read the Bible? Sometimes, I think, is uh, why we don't think a lot alike, or not united, is because of prejudice. And I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about uh, Jew versus Gentile. I'm talking about one denomination versus another denomination. Another thing is, we have these preconceived notions from the Scriptures. And I think that's because we let PBS and nature shows and evolution uh, tell us that their science is right and the Bible is wrong. The Bible is not meant to be a science book. We're going to talk more about that in a future podcast. We all have backgrounds that cause us to think a certain way. And that's another issue. I mean, we we are today because we, we were yesterday. That's an old saying, but there's a lot of truth in that. And we need to remove those preconceived notions about the Bible. We just need to read it and, and let it go for what the Bible says. We have backgrounds that have caused us to think a certain way. Culture, uh, different parts of the world and things. Absolutely. Again, we were we we're all uniquely created, but we need to uh, set aside this idea of our background and look at Christ, at the church. Look at the early church. Jews and Gentile uh, get along for the most part. They, they become so many of the early church are converted Jews, you know, until uh, the uh, Gentiles start coming into the church. And so... We have, we come to the, to the scripture sometimes, and we just simply have these prejudices that we really must do without. We need to somehow get rid of them. You know, and an example of this would be uh, Peter was a devout Jewish man. Did he have faults? Oh, boy. Yeah, he liked to drink, he cussed, and that's all recorded in the New Testament. You know, and, and look here when he's talking to, to God about the sheep comes down out of heaven and God says, eat. And he says, oh, I've never ate anything unclean. He's been a devout Jew all his life. I mean, he has really strived for his faith and what he believed. And he doesn't shed that overnight. And so God knows that. And he works with Peter and Peter is a pillar in the church. 
Everybody has a hermeneutic. Whether you want to admit it or not, you do, including myself. We all have certain rules that we want to apply to interpretation. They may be good ones, and they may be faulty. But there is a correct hermeneutic, and I pray as we go through this podcast series that we will help all of us discover that hermeneutic. And so as we wrap it up, I want us to consider these things. Uh, uh, The possibilities of interpreting Scripture are, are these three. First of all, God would not give us a book that we cannot understand the limits and the powers of God. Second of all, God could give us such a book that he would, we would just say, this is unfair, it's unjust. He's just not going to do that. He's not going to give us such a book. He gave us a book that is very clear to follow along. Uh, third, God did give us a book that we all can understand and be united on. He says he's going to judge us by his word. That means the book, the Bible. That's how we're going to be judged. Then indeed, God must have given us this book in such a way that we can honestly understand it correctly, unity, unified, whatever word you want to use there. And so I want to close here with a a few scriptures. And I really... um, want you to follow along if you have it. Make a note. The first one, again, is going to be on Psalm 119. You already should be there. Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. Here's Jesus says, The one who has ears, let him hear. And in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination, a desolation, which is spoken through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. This is the part I want you to get. Let the reader understand. So we, by God's own word, by Jesus' own mouth, we need to understand. And he wants us to understand. And there's no reason for us not to. It's just a matter of time and study and willingness. I I see, you know, I get emails occasionally. We can't find a good church. Where can we find a good church? Um, I want to say good luck, but they're around. And I know of a few uh, that I could point you to if you're really interested. There's nothing wrong. Since COVID, I know quite a few Uh, house churches that really have gone up around in my area. And they seem to be really sincere in studying the Word. They really want to know what it is. And they're trying to shed any preconceived ideas of what they've had before. And they just sincerely are a prayer over it. And I love them for that. I think that's great. You know, the church started out in people's homes. There is nothing wrong with that. And so... I'm hoping that they're doing everything correctly uh, to God's Word and that they really are letting the Holy Spirit guide them through prayer and through the Word and not hearing voices in their head. And that we'll talk about that as well in a future podcast in this series. 
about new interpretations and new dreams, and God has told me this, and God has told me that. And so we need to be careful with that as well. Okay, so I know this has been a little longer than normal. I, I really I hope that you've gotten something out of it. I hope this has made you excited about this series as we will continue uh, this idea of interpreting the Bible correctly, uh, using God's Word, and we will do this again next week, Lord willing. And my grandmother used to say, and if the creek don't rise. But may God bless you all. Thank you for putting up and listening this long. If you made it here, uh, if you have any comments or questions, please submit them through our webpage. We'd love to hear uh, from our listeners. Uh, we appreciate the positive comments as well that we do get from around the world. Thank you again, and may God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.